0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 133, Psalm 133. I will read and then pray for Arthur as we continue on, so hear the word of the Lord. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you for your word that speaks truth to us. Your word that is timely and timeless. And so Lord, I ask now for your spirit to awaken us and open our ears and minds and eyes to see, to receive, to behold wondrous things from your word. Lord, I thank you for your servant, Arthur. Lord, would you stand in his body, think with his mind, speak with his words, so that your church might be edified, sent out on mission, more beautifully reflecting your character and your vision and your desire and design for the good of all creation. So Lord, may this time be honoring to you and edifying to us. We pray in Christ's name, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Good morning, Christ community.
1: What a joy it is to be able to stand with you and among you today. Um, It's been a joy to be able to journey with your staff. And if they in any way are a reflection of you, I'm in the midst of good, godly, Christ-loving people. My wife, Shirley, is with us. As uh, Reed mentioned, we've been journeying together for most of our lives, and it has been a blessed journey indeed. My greatest supporter is my wife. If there's ever a sad picture, it's when people who share the same blood or the same name Or some other affiliation, it's when they live as enemies or strangers. Where those who are on the same team, who wear the same jersey, live and function as if they were on opposite teams. It's very sad when brothers rise up against brothers. Sisters against sisters, spouse against spouse, co worker against co worker, haves against have nots, one race against another. Sad, sad, sad. What we see and is celebrated in Psalm 133. It's really quite the opposite. Did you hear it as it was read? Psalm 133, it's among the collection of songs known as the Songs of Ascents, also known as travel songs. These were the songs that the children of Israel sang as they would travel to or when they gathered at the annual worship feast in Israel. Jerusalem. Though they came from many different locations, they were family. They had different tribal affiliation, but they were family. Men, women, and children who shared the same blood, the same DNA of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The gathering itself would be a reminder of the depth, the breadth of this extended family. What a a, a gathering. Can't you see them? Someone has ordered the t-shirts for the occasion. Emblazoned on them are children of Abraham. And then someone breaks out in song. Father Abraham (laughs) had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And that is exactly what they did. They sang, and they worshiped, and Psalm 133 was one of the songs that they sang. Huh? Did you hear it as it was read? There are no commands here in this psalm. Nevertheless, it encourages unity and harmony amongst those who share a covenantal bond. The psalm that we've heard this morning has very significant application for families. And I see families here sitting together today. Very significant application. But also... The unity that is pictured here should particularly characterize all who were children of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, our great God and Savior, regardless of external pedigree. Take a look, if you will, even as I turn to my place in Scripture. Did you see the first word in the text, it's behold. And what that word does, it alerts us that something very significant is going to be said. Something that really demands attention. It is one of the stop, look, and listen words that you and I find in Scripture. Huh? though not exactly with the force, but it's sort of like the soldier who says, Attention! Or the teacher in the classroom that says, Listen up! It's a quieter, but a no less important way of noting that what's coming deserves our attention. It's sort of like someone saying, shh, and then we listen, huh? Why should we then listen and give heed to the message of this psalm, huh? Because this message is crucial to our wholeness as individuals and families and local churches, Why listen up? Because we're so prone, are we not, to selfish independence rather than life-sharing interdependence. Why heed the message of this psalm? Because getting along as family, as people of God, is crucial for our witness as well as our mission in the world. Huh? Take a look. <laughs> my, my, there's really a very simple principle that is given to us in verse 1. It is followed by some pictures, but first of all, the principle, perhaps even in a sentence, to capsule, capture the essence of the psalm. Here it is. Unity in family is a thing of beauty, is it not? Unity in family is a thing of beauty. And to put it another way, family unity is a thing of beauty. Take a look. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Huh? Unity amongst God's people is good. In other words, it's essentially uh, or inherently, it is excellent and it's pleasant externally. It is so, so beautiful. It's attractive and it's admirable. It's delightful and desirable like music that is pleasing to the ear or like honey that is sweet to the taste huh have you know oh, notice how e- easy it is for us to gravitate toward division and discord anybody experience that in your families in your relationship huh if we want something bad enough We usually find ways of getting it, do we not? Even if it means harming or hurting other people in the process. James writes in chapter 4, What causes quarrels? And what causes fights among you? Is it not this? That your passions are at war within you. You desire. And have not. So you murder. You go to extreme measures. You covet and cannot obtain. So you fight. And quarrel. We don't need to look any further than the first book of the Bible. To see the ugliness. Of discord in the family. Genesis chapter 4. Cain. Becomes jealous of his brother, Abel. Because Abel's gift was accepted by the Lord, and his wasn't. Someone else gets the approval that we desire, and we don't necessarily like it. Someone gets the promotion on the job, and we so discard against them, huh? On and on, huh? What about Genesis chapter 27? Jacob took advantage of his brother Esau by using trickery to steal the blessing that was reserved for the firstborn. Genesis chapter 37. Joseph's brothers conspired to mistreat him and their ugliness left a family wound that would not be dealt with for decades. Families and churches and other organizations are vulnerable, are they not, to fracture along social and racial and ethnic and political lines in spite of our Lord's saving work that transcends all barriers that you and I might know. Listen up. family unity is a thing of beauty just how beautiful don't you love the preacher the writer of the psalm because he does not only give a principle he gives a picture and we see that in verses 2 through 3a let me read it again it is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard On the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. Just how beautiful. I know school is starting soon, but I'm going to give you a little test today. It's a fill in the blank. It won't be hard. Here you go. A picture is worth you got it. Go to the head of the class. (laughs) Here, brothers and sisters, we have two frame-worthy pictures that are used to illustrate the beauty of unity. Did you notice the structure? I mean, when you're a student of the Bible, in particular a preacher, you like to look and see where the bones are in the passage, what you can hang on. You see that the structure? Look at verse two it is like, and then in verse three it is like. That's the structure. Picture number one is from the sacred realm, from the domain of worship and sacred service. Picture number two is from the natural realm, the natural world where things grow and flourish. What about picture number one? Here we see that unity amongst God's people, it's likened to the oil of dedication used to set aside a person for priestly service. Oh, the precious anointing oil used by priests for special ceremonies in the Old Testament. And that oil was so rich and and, and so wonderful. Moses wrote about it in this way in Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 to 25. The Lord said to Moses, Take the finest spices of liquid myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet-smelling cinnamon, half as much, that is, 250 and 250 of aromatic cane and 500 of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and, of, and a hen of olive oil, and you shall make of these a sacred anointing oil blended as the, by the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil the picture is of that mixture flowing down 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 this was used to make this mixture was used to make this sacred oil that was used to dedicate certain furniture and other utens- utensils that were used in sanctuary service But the same oil was used to set apart, to consecrate priests for ministry. This is the picture that you have here. It's unique. It's fragrant. It's pleasant. And it's coming down, down, down on Aaron from head to beard to the collar of his garments, huh? Uh, This is so wonderful because Aaron was a representative person for all of the tribes, as it were. All of those who had gathered for the feast and were singing, all of them. And the garments that he wore included two particular places where the names of all the sons of Israel were engraved. The shoulder pieces had onyx stones, and the names were engraved there. The breastplate had 12 different stones, and the names were engraved there on these garments, etched in stone. Different tribes from Jacob's sons, but they were all... Represented in the garments of one representative person, this anointed high priest. All were precious and near and dear to God. Should not then they be valuable and precious to one another? And brothers and sisters, should not all of those who are loved and valued and cherished by God be loved and valued and cherished by us? May not be of the same tribe, may not be of the same race or ethnicity, but in and through Jesus, God has provided forgiveness for all who come to him by faith. And guess what? There's a snapshot of that group in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. This is what it says. After this, I look and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, uh, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God sits on the throne and to the Lamb. A picture of the redeemed of ages. Picture number one from the sacred realm, but another picture comes into focus, does it not? Unity amongst God's people is also like dew on a special place, Mount Hermon. It's from... The natural realm, is it not? Unity amongst God's people is like life invigorating too. That descends from on high. And causes things to grow. The movement is from a person to a place. From a person that was significant to all. To a place that was significant for all. Oh. huh? Mount Zion, <laughs> which in scripture is a poetic description or designation for Jerusalem, the central worship place, the gathering place, and the place of royal reign and rule. Huh? The picture is that of refreshing dew on from the highest point in the land, Mount Hermon to the north. Ascending about 12,000 feet above sea level. it's The snows from Mount Hermon were the principal source of the Jordan River. Huh? And dew was the byproduct this moisture of Hermon. Naturally cool. Refreshing. Stimulating. Responsible for growth of trees and other vegetation. You get the picture here? Such a dew is here pictured as blessing the place that it falls on, the place that God had chosen, the Lord had chosen for his name to dwell there. Think of the pilgrims traveling there in that day from different tribal areas, making their way to the special place where God's people had gathered. Huh? Perhaps wearied by the journey, they were refreshed by the gathering of God's people together, all who shared the same DNA, all children of Abraham, huh? First time I left the Kansas City area, the greater Kansas City area, was when I was a junior in high school, went to Wyandotte High School in Kansas City, Kansas, go Bulldogs, I was a junior, and I traveled to Memphis, Tennessee to the annual convocation of the Churches of God in Christ. I was the only one from my family making that trip. But when I got there, brothers and sisters, I very much was among family. Men and women and youth who loved Jesus and wanted to serve him I was at home Hmm? I was at home among the saints I was at home amongst those who shared my spiritual DNA one in Christ I was with family and was refreshed there unity amongst God's people as a goodness and pleasantness that compares to do saturated mountains, huh? True brotherhood, brothers and sisters, does it not? Refreshes and revives and stimulates growth and renewal, and it makes us better. At least it should. Should it not, huh? But how different it is when Division and discard are in the air. Growth is hindered. Personal growth is stunted. Kingdom advance in the church can be hindered when we get our wires crossed and allow selfishness and personal agendas to get in the way. Division in the church and the nation these days is palpable and sad, and we mourn it. Let that not be said among us as followers of Jesus. Let's not be a spectacle of division, but may we be a beacon of beauty. hmm? Unity in the family is a thing of beauty. Did you notice how the psalm concludes Oh, how lovely it ends. It says, for there, again, while I was thinking about the place, I think it's really broader. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life evermore, huh? The place of unity is also a place of blessing, is it not, huh? Just as the beauty is seen in the ordination or the consecration of a priest and the saturation of a place, so the blessing of the Lord, life that is, abides where his people dwell in unity don't have time to take you here but you you actually can see what that looks like God's blessing on Zion if you look over to Psalm 132 verses 13 through 18 that helps us to really get a feel what the blessing of life looks like but both beauty and the blessedness of unity come into focus in Psalm 133 it's it's beautiful and it's blessed. And pleasant because God's blessing attends to it. What am I saying today? Unity and family is beautiful and blessed. And it's desirable, is it not? How then do we respond to what we hear? There are no commands here as we mentioned. I'm likely speaking this morning to... Those of us who are challenged in our relationships. In the home. In the church or elsewhere. There may be relational feuding. Or relational fracture or splinters. Confusion in your world. Your world of relationships. What have you allowed to separate you from those that you are in relationship with. huh? We're drawn to this passage because it can help us. Huh? Drawn to it that I would pray that we would rethink our attitudes and actions and words as we relate to each other that in the body of Christ, where differences and disagreements may be magnified and sides are being chosen, that we will be reminded, brothers and sisters, that peacemaking, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. Peacemaking is in our DNA. Passages like Philippians chapter 2 exhort us to be of the same mind. Having the same love, being a full heart and one mind, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves, and let each of you look not on his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And here it is have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. What does unity and family need? <laughs> A good dose of humility. How many of your favorite pie is humble pie? We don't particularly like that, do we? But unity in family needs humility. eh? Unity in family means that we must counter selfishness with generosity and sacrifice, that we would lay aside independence and opt for interdependence. Unity in family means that we choose cooperation over competition. If you want a great example of cooperation, you don't have to look any further than your church. One of the beautiful things about Christ Community Church in Kansas City can be witnessed every Monday afternoon when the teaching pastors and others gather to collaboratively work, do what we call word work, huh? The kind of word work that benefits the entire church, huh? The labor that includes an iron sharpening, iron dynamic, huh? And it lends itself to you, brothers and sisters, being well-nourished people of God. Huh? If we're not pastor, careful, pastors can be like men and women who don't share their recipes. Huh? We want to keep it to ourselves. We don't want to share being the secret sauce. Huh? Because we want people to see how great we are. Oh, how vain. We are for the glory of God and for the good of God's people. Yeah. And I believe that even this message this morning would have been better had we been in conversation on Monday afternoon with my brothers. Cla- cooperation and collaboration rather than competition, huh? Brothers and sisters, our mission, our mission, To advance God's kingdom in this world needs our unity. Our witness in this world needs the unity of God's people. The beauty and blessedness of unity should attract others and cause them to want to be a part of our Christian family. Have you seen families that you have wanted to be a part of? Ah, uh, Because of whatever dynamic that was among them, brothers and sisters, that needs to be us. As the world looks on us, may we labor, brothers and sisters, for what Jesus prayed for in John 17, that they may all be one. Just as you, our father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. While the pictures that we've seen in Psalm 133 require explanation because they're a bit foreign to us. They do point to a person and a place that is not foreign to us. They point to Jesus. In Psalm 133, we see a God-appointed high priest who offered sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins, his own and for those of the people, his work pointed to the cross work of the Lord Jesus Christ, our sinless Savior who offered himself as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. One person for all. That person is Jesus, but also we see a place, a blessing, do we not? That place was Calvary, where the blood that we've sung about this morning was shed just outside of Jerusalem. The place where through the death of Jesus on Calvary, you and I have the life of God come down from heaven. Jesus is the person who gives us life through his death on Calvary. Hmm? Communion is a ceremony where family gathers. All of those who share the DNA of Christ, the DNA of forgiveness, are welcome welcome, first of all, into the family of God. And Jesus has given us a ceremony, has he not, whereby we may remember his death and resurrection. Communion says that we have a common source of life and a common source of nourishment. Even Jesus, who died and rose again for us. And those who share in Jesus get to share in the table. And we are thereby not only remember him, but we are nourished by him. And you are going to be welcomed to the table to be nourished and strengthened by Jesus. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not participation in the blood of Jesus? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many, are one body. For we all partake of one bread. Unity in family is a thing of beauty. Family unity is a thing of beauty. Let me pray. And then we will partake of communion together. Lord Jesus, we love you. We bless you and we honor you. Thank you that you are our Savior. Your blood shed for us on Calvary. And thank you for this family meal that all who belong to you get to share in. We bless and we honor your name. Amen.